afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, the monthly webinar series. Today's uh, series is in New Jersey. Uh, topic, the going and coming defense. Today is June 26, 2017. Uh, as you know, we have this webinar series uh, every month. Uh, we do the third Monday of the month uh, is New York, and the fourth Monday is New Jersey. This webinar, if you miss any of our webinars, you can visit our website, you can go to the archive, and you can see all the webinars we've done, uh, the entire history of us doing them, both in New Jersey and New York. Our uh, firm offers a number of different resources to help you out as you're trying to make decisions regarding your workers' comp cases. We have the handbooks that uh, we have for both New York and New Jersey. Uh, my partner, Greg Lois, also does a New Jersey practice book, which goes into severe detail about how to actually practice and go through your cases in New Jersey. So that's something definitely worth looking at if you uh, get a chance. Uh, in addition to the webinar series we're doing now, we also have our website, which has articles from all of our attorneys. That's done basically on a weekly and monthly basis. And then finally, we have our newsletter, which can be available to you as well and will be sent directly to you if you sign up. Today's topic, we're doing the going and coming rule. This is a defense that we have available to us in New Jersey. Uh, you can see the list there of all the various defenses we have. We've had other webinars that sort of discussed all the individual topics there. We're just going to discuss the going and coming rule today. Uh, I, with me today is the Karen Vincent. Uh, she's an attorney at the firm here. Karen is awesome. She's been practicing for 17 years or so now, doing completely uh, respondent work uh, in New Jersey as well. And then my name is Joe Jones, and I'm a partner here at uh, Lois Law Firm. So let's get started. Karen, why don't you tell us uh, what's going on here? Okay, so for purposes of today's webinar, we're going to assume that an accident happen, happened and the employee is a confirmed employee. There are obviously other defenses or investigations we can do, but today we're just going to cover the going and coming defense. So when, a, when an employee has an accident, uh, generally speaking, when you're on your way to work or on your way home from work, it is not compensable. Now, it's important to note that this is an affirmative defense, and what that means is you must raise the defense in order to move forward on it. If you do nothing, it is presumed compensable. So what's great uh, with what we do is that if there is a gray area or we think that it's a possible defense that we want to raise, we raise it immediately in the answer. In New Jersey, we always have the right after pending uh, or completing an investigation that we can always change it and later deem it uh, an accepted accident. Right. And in New Jersey, the way we do that is through the answer to the claim, the claim petition. You can check off a box saying it's denied. You also have the reasons on the second page of the list for all your various uh, denial reasons and defenses. So it's very easy for us to do that in New Jersey. And if, in fact, you do ultimately decide a case is accepted, you can also amend your pleading uh, to reflect that as well. Okay. This slide is basically discussing the four sort of topics we're going to discuss today within the, the going and coming rule, uh, the sort of common areas where we see these problems pop up. So you have a parking lot scenario where somebody leaves work, they're going to their car, they slip on ice, they fall, that type of situation. Uh, traveling is another big area. Maybe you're on a business trip, um, going to uh, maybe an employer-sponsored event or to see a client or something like that. Special errands, your boss has sent you out of the office to do something specific, uh, his request, and you get injured while that's happening. And finally, something that's a lot more common these days is the home office scenario. Uh, a lot of people work from home and sometimes never go to their actual job location for days or even weeks on end at times. So what happens if you get hurt in those type scenarios as well? The going and coming rule uh, and the, the definition of it is found in the New Jersey statutes, uh, 34-15-36. Uh, it actually defines it in that statute, and it says that the point at which you arrive at your location, uh, that time period from home to that when you arrive at the location is not considered 
covered, it's a commuting, and from when you leave your location to then go home. That's also a commuting period not covered. There are, however, within the statute some exceptions. Karen, why don't you tell us about some of these exceptions? Now, some of the exceptions to the going coming rule is paid travel time. If your employer is paying you to get to a certain location, then that would be deemed compensable. Another one is when the employer provides transportation. That could be car service. Sometimes they send a limousine to take you to one location or another. And sometimes the employer even has a bus that picks up all the employees and takes them to a specific job site. And the, the temp agencies do that a lot. They have a bus where they'll stop at a location. All the employees for that temp agency will get on and then they'll shuttle them to the various locations. There. Correct. So technically on that, getting to that pickup location would not be uh, compensable. But once you're at that pickup location and the bus picks you up, then right. from that point on it would be deemed a compensable event. Lastly, uh, NJSA 34-15-36 specifically addresses emergency personnel responding to emergencies. That is a, a very big exception. Uh, basically, you have police officers, firefighters, EMTs, right. first responders. When they're on their way to an emergency, that is deemed compensable. Okay. Um, let me talk a little bit about the, the sort of paid time off, the paid time uh, exception, uh, travel time in particular. How is it different when you compare it with an employer required unusual travel, like a business trip and stuff like that? Clearly, commuting back and forth to a fixed location is not compensable, but there are times uh, if, if, for example, travel is paid for by your employer. So let's just say you have a scenario where uh, the, the company you have has a job site in Connecticut. Your boss pays you to drive up to that job site for three weeks in a row in order to complete a project. Uh, if he's paying for that travel time, that is potentially a compensable event if you get injured while, while that's happening. Uh, another scenario is a business trip. You're sent to entertain a client or meet a client for various reasons, uh, or maybe go to an employee-sponsored event of some kind, an award ceremony or something like that. Um, that potentially could also be something that's compensable. So uh, just a little distinction there in terms of the travel time itself. Why don't you tell us about the parking lot situation? So we have scenarios where there's a slip and fall in a parking lot. Now, that is very fact-sensitive, and there's a lot of factors that we have to consider. First is who owns the parking lot. Second is who maintained the parking lot. And last, who directed the employee to park there? One of the issues we have is when there is a designated employee parking lot. The right. employer tells them you must park in this area of the parking lot. When you are directed to park in a certain location, that is considered a compensable event. Now, uh, we also look at who owned and maintained the parking lot. You have different scenarios where the employer owns the building, they own the parking lot, they hire the cleaning or the snow removal, the maintenance of the concrete. If that is the case, then there's control by the employer and it would be deemed compensable if you were to slip and fall then. Right. This is a situation where you need discovery. You need some investigation. You might be reviewing, for example, a lease if uh, the employer does not own the building and maybe they, they rent, uh, pay a landlord. The landlord in the lease might have certain uh, paragraphs that deal with who has to maintain the, the parking lot or the property. Um, sometimes an owner of the land hires someone to shovel the snow and de-ice the parking lot. So you really have to look at all the other factors involved in the contracts that can exist on some of these scenarios. Um, Karen had mentioned the employee being told where to park. This happens as we go across the street from us to Garden State Plaza. The mall employees are a big part. They're told to park in a certain area far away from the doors so that the customers can park near, near to the mall. So there's someone who are directed by the employer to park in a certain area their accident probably would be compensable. What's important to note in these type of cases is that we raise the going and coming defense 
pending investigation. Now, because a lot of these exceptions to the rule are so fact-specific uh, after investigation, it doesn't always result in a full dismissal of the case. However, in New Jersey, what we love to do is set it up for a Section 20 settlement. And you know, easily, <laughs> it's just basically a lump sum payment to the petitioner with a permanent dismissal with prejudice so they can no longer come back for additional medical treatment, temporary disability benefits, or even an increased award uh, you know, that follows from this specific accident. Yeah, that's a great point, Karen. We, first of all, we love Section 20s in New Jersey. Uh, certainly on the respondent side, we want to settle every case by Section 20. It's not always possible to do that, but um, you're right. The, a lot of these defenses, although raised, don't ultimately get us the goal we want, which is a complete dismissal of the case, but they give us substantial leverage to get that Section 20 settlement, which is really sort of the, the gold standard we want to do. Exactly. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely need to do your investigation here. Get all your facts together, and again, you at a minimum use it as leverage to get those Section 20s through. Okay, special errands. This is a situation where your boss sends you to do a particular thing, a particular job. Um, there's really no bright line rule in terms of this. It's more of, uh, again, fact sensitive. Uh, but this is a situation that comes up maybe a lot in construction, uh, where on the particular job that day they run out of supplies, so they pick somebody, here's the car keys, go grab the truck, go to Home Depot, get new supplies. And you might have a situation where, uh, you know, clearly if your boss tells you to do that and you get hurt on the way, that seems pretty clear that it might be compensable. But there's even situations where just say on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, your boss directs you to do this. And then he leaves that job site to go visit another one. And Thursday and Friday, you run out of supplies. And maybe on your own, realize I have the car keys, I got the truck, my boss wanted me to get supplies every time we ran out. So now you go out on your own to do it because you know that that behavior is encouraged or facilitated by your boss. Right. And maybe you don't know that consciously, but, it, you know, when we analyze it, it's going to look that way. So even in that type scenario, uh, it could be something that's covered and compensable because it's something that is encouraged, the behavior that's encouraged by your boss, he would want you to get supplies, even though he didn't directly tell you to go out and do that. So again, your, your research and your investigation is going to be most important here. Next, we have multiple locations. When you have larger companies, sometimes they have several office locations. Um, and basically, you could be working from one location, and maybe one day they ask you to go to a separate location. Because it is a fixed office location, it is not, it is not compensable. It is not one of the exceptions. So you can even have a situation where every day you work in a North Jersey location, and then one day your boss asks you to go on a Saturday to a South Jersey location. That is not compensable. So it could be different times of your regular work schedule, different days, different locations, it's still not considered a special mission because it is an actual office location. Right, so it's actual just regular commuting, even though it's an odd day or an odd location that you're going to, then you're used to. Correct, so right. then therefore on your way to work or to that location and on your way back would not be compensable. Right, the mere fact that they change days or locations does not rise to the level of a special mission by the boss or anything like that. Correct. Sales route. Okay, this is your typical salesman uh, situation. Maybe a pharmaceutical salesman, he uh, goes from home to various doctor's offices or hospital locations in order to do his sales job, and maybe he never returns to the actual physical plant location of where the company is, because uh, and at the end of the day, he goes home from there. So here you have to look at uh, really his first regular stop and his last regular stop. His first regular stop on his sales route, the time period between leaving home and going to that first regular stop is like his commute period to the regular location, so it's considered not compensable. Once he goes to the various locations of his sales, um, those would be considered if he got hurt during those times, like so during the day if he's going from doctor's office to doctor's office. But once he's on his last regular stop and now proceeds to go home, 
that is again considered a commute at that point and not compensable. So that it's sort of almost the exact commute situation, um, but because the salesmen are salespeople are driving left and right, uh, you know, and all the various locations, it gets a little bit confusing. Uh, last, we have working from home in this day and age with technology. We're having more cases where it's an employee that was injured while working from home. So this becomes extremely fact sensitive, and it also is a difficult case for investigation. Yeah, sure. This is mainly because you really just have what the petitioner says happened. Generally speaking, you don't have any witnesses. If we do have witnesses, it's usually a family member or a friend that was in the home. And we don't believe that. So. We don't believe any right, of yeah. them. <laughs> so basically what we look at is, is there a designated home office? Does the uh, petitioner have designated work times? Is he nine to five? And what exactly was he doing, he or she doing, when the accident took place. If we have a situation where the uh, petitioner was working on his computer and went to print something out on the printer, he walks over to the printer and while walking there he slips and falls, that would be more of a compensable event. Specifically what we're looking for is whether it's in furtherance of the employer's purpose. Did they benefit from the action that was taking place? You can have a situation where he's working from home, he's in his home office, then he decides to go in the kitchen, get something to eat, takes out the trash, that would not be compensable. That is strictly a personal uh, situation that he's doing or, or an errand that he's so running. I'm in my bona fide office and my kids run in and jump on my back because we're playing around. But I'm in the bona fide office. You're saying that's not compensable? That's just called a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're playing with your kids, it would be, but not compensable, unfortunately. So, Okay. Um, that's basically it. I think we covered all the topics. Uh, our next topic, Karen, if you want to... Next month, we're going to be covering Should I Pay Temp? That'll be July 24, 2017. Again, we remind you, we do a monthly webinar for both New Jersey and New York. Those are always complimentary. You would register the same way you did for this webinar. You go to www.lois-llc.com forward slash webinars. Also, if you have any questions regarding the going and coming defense or any other general workers' compensation questions, you can feel free to email us. I am at kvinson at lois-llc.com, and Joe is at jjones at lois-llc.com. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Also, we do keep it in the archive section on the webpage if you want to go back and look at some of our previous issues that we've covered. Right. Hope this helped clarify the issue today, and uh, have a great day. Thanks for watching. Thank you.